Hello and welcome to Reading in the Piers. My name is Gary O'Brien and this is where I get some of my very good friends on to chat about and discuss all sorts of movies. And joining me today, once again, it's David Scanlon and he's here to talk about the 1995 James Bond film, GoldenEye. So stick around, we hope you enjoy. Scanlon. David Scanlon, how are you? Back. You can't get rid of me. I'll always be here. You'll always have that guest that you'd never want to have back and I'll always come back. Oh, what are you talking about? You're the, guest, you're, the, you're the guest I always want to have back, David. But due to contractual <laughs> oblige, uh, agreements, so I, have to, I have to bring back other people. <laughs> well, look, I mean, look, I, I'm only going to assume that the people ask me back. That's the way I'm going to feel Feel this. There's yep. a reason for me to oh, be back. Big, oh, big time. Yeah, so, yep, uh, yep, 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 yep. so many, so many. Mm. But like, look, this, in my opinion... It's probably your most important, most important podcast. This feels like a special. This feels like a special. One. You're, you're a man of many firsts in this podcast. Oh. You, you were on episode one. You were on the first podcast of 2021. Uh, you had, you were the first member into the Reeling in the Piers Five Timers Club. All of these things, great, fantastic. Many people have wished for these. They haven't got them. But what you have, most importantly, is the first. Not only the first James Bond podcast. No. But the first Pierce Brosnan episode of Reeling in the Piers, what a, what a, what an accolade. <laughs> I'm absolutely honoured. I mean, you know, there's many people that have come out of County Mead that have, <laughs> have gone on to great success, but none more than, than the man that is Pierce Brosnan. No, my God. Like, look, when you think of, you think of famous people from Navin, <laughs> you, you, you pretty much stop when you get to Pierce Brendan Brosnan. <laughs> It's Bre- real middle name that, look it up just, oh wow pbb <laughs> oh so look why 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 this is a big deal why i've waited so long is that uh i was waiting for the right time and i thought uh because i'm this david you know there's three 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 main loves of my life uh it's it's bad jokes stress and uh navin native actor pierce brendan brosnan so what I decided to do uh, is that usually, look, this is the point of the podcast where I'd be like, oh, why'd you pick this movie? But you didn't really get to pick it no. because I, I I, pretty much told you and pretty much any other people coming on the podcast this month that they have to pick a Pierce Brosnan movie. Uh, why? Simply because. Uh, but I thought uh, this period of time especially, because it's the month of May, David, and, 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 and not only is May a special month for, I don't know, the weather but uh, it's it's the it's the month of my birth but not only my birth the the, the birth month of like i mentioned previously the nav native actor <laughs> pierce brendan Brosnan. <laughs> so i'm calling this series of a series of podcasts in the month of may reeling in the pierce uh for the for the special bonanza that is the Brosnan o'brien birthday bros bonanza <laughs> And thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Goodbye. What a special time to be alive. Special time. Look, I'm yeah. telling you. So look, look. Y- Historians will look back. <laughs> See, and they'll be like, "What was happening in 2021? Was it was it the COVID 19 pandemic? Was it this European Super League? Or was it the Brosnan O'Brien birthday bros bonanza? Certainly wasn't the Super League. Anyway, you you came to me with a difficult choice. You said uh, you have to pick a Pierce Brosnan movie. Which pretty much narrowed it down to uh, James Bond <laughs> or a musical. <laughs> so, look, I, I I told many people I was like, "Hey, pick a top top three Pierce Brosnan movies," and they were like, "There's more than three. 
Well, well, see, the problem for, for me was my last movie was also a musical, so I felt like I couldn't pick a musical. Yeah. So I, I, <laughs> I didn't really have a choice. As much as, as much as I'm always like, oh, Dave, you get to be the first one, whatever. You're just pretty much the first person I go to with these batshit crazy ideas. I'm like, hey, David, I want to do a Paddy's Day episode. Give me an Irish movie. <laughs> So uh, you remember you, you rang me? You rang me. You were like, oh, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, let's go through the uh, the production meeting no. for this. The production meeting for for I Gary's podcast. I down. I I I I I see. I, I sought the guidance of my good friend David about yeah. how I could structure a month of Pierce Brosnan episodes. People aren't going to believe that there is actually production meetings for this podcast. Like as as unstructured and as crazy as these podcasts are, there is actually production meetings. Even this this <laughs> random back and forth is open. <laughs> the script says so. <laughs> this this is definitely not making. <laughs> Oh, I'm leaving this. <laughs> okay, so we're literally like we're nearly eight minutes sh- in. Sh- <laughs> don't, don't don't give the time slots because I cut all of this out. Right, David, this is already off the rails. What the people want to hear is they want to hear about the 1995 James Bond classic that is Goldeneye. Yeah. So, like I say, I usually ask people why they pick this movie. So, uh, like I said, you didn't get given much choice. But why would you pick this Pierce Brosnan movie? What what drew you well, to this? Well, okay, before I watch before I watched it again. Um, I was like, okay, this is definitely the best of the Pierce Brosnan Bond movies, uh, and not that I don't like the other ones, like because obviously we are all nineties babies. We kind of, I kind of grew up with them, uh, James Bond movies, and kind of a dear place in my heart. But um, I just kind of thought, yeah, this is the best one. First one out of the gate is always usually the best uh, for each of the Bonds. So I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll pick this one. Um, yeah, I'd want to talk about it. I want to talk about my best bud, Gary O'Brien, who loves his, who loves two things in life. Two, the big two Bs in his life, Batman and James Bond. And this is one of them. We, don't, don't worry, don't worry, guys. The next the next podcast I'll be on will be a Batman one. <laughs> oh, locking it in. Yeah. Well, it better Batman. be Batman forever. That. It's Batman forever, Jim Carrey. <laughs> right. But uh, no, I know, I know, I know. You love your bond. I love my bond. I like, love my bond. I just want to chat right. about it with you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, was, it's, yeah, it's not so based on a book. It's not based on a book. It's not based on a book. Can't bring so, up any yeah, for, you can't bring for, up any for, that for, book shit. <laughs> no one wants to hear about so, that shit, Gary. So, so yeah, people know I, I've read the James Bond books, and this was one of the movies I was watching, uh, and I was like, I've got nothing to say. I haven't. There's no book based on this, but don't you worry, David. There's influences from the book in this shit I'm gonna bring up, so don't you worry. Um, um oh, sorry. The other, the, the other thing we we should mention is that uh, this podcast did start off as a James Bond only podcast it, we, it did, did, it did. I, I had i our, had mad ideas to our, have a umbrella of of podcasts under the under the umbrella that is reading in the peers one of the branches of this umbrella i'm going to change metaphor slightly was bonding with friends or me yeah. you and lily we're going to talk yeah. exclusively about exclusively but like we, we were like yeah no one no one wants to hear about these old bond movies like as much as we love them i mean no one's seen them no one wants to hear our thoughts on them so you know that kind of uh, that kind of that, but it was all about the creation of, you know, reading it. It was all about, yeah, it was, it, was, all, it was all the experience. It was part of so the... So we've now, we've wound forward in James Bond movies. We're talking about Goldeneye. Um, so for anyone that hasn't seen it, go watch it. It's great. We're going to be talking spoilers. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to get right into it. Uh, I Like, 
David, do you want to give a quick thing of the plot very quickly? And then I have a, I have a big question to ask you after it. Okay, James Bond, secret agent. We all know who he is. Um, there is an EMP device. We all know what an EMP is. It's 2021. We don't have to have it explained to ourselves. Um, and it is it is built by the Russians. It's a satellite up in uh, space. And uh, it's pretty much got, uh, pretty much been taken by bad guys. And they're going to use it to steal a lot of money. That's pretty much it. Yep, plot done. Uh, okay, question I have for you. Go for it. Where does this rank for you in the scale of James Bond movies? Okay, so before I watched it, obviously I kind of held it in higher regard, but then after watching it, I was like, I don't know if this is so much better than Tomorrow Never Dies and The World Is Not Enough. Yeah, I agree. I I was the same. I was watching it because I was, I was overselling it to, to one of the flatmates here and I was just like, ooh, it's not as good as I remember. Well, see, this is the thing. Okay, so I was looking up on, on Rotten Tomatoes and this is like 78 and the other two are in the 50s in terms of like percentage I'm not, not that I, I'm just using that yeah. as a, just yeah, an example yeah. but like I can't see the main di- the huge difference between the three of them like, like those two are so low I think the, uh, the other two are less gritty for sure I think this is a lot more gri- uh, oh, it, uh, gritty for 1994 like it, James yeah. Bond which is like I don't know when was the last like the, the last like when you're talking about 1976 when you had like Roger Moore as like yeah. a, a octogenarian running around dressed as a clown, <laughs> like you didn't really believe it all. So like when you kind of wind forward to, to ninety five for this, it, it is a bit more grittier in the sense that like it has the highest body count of any James Bond movie. Um, people are what dying. About Timothy Dalton. Well, that no, but like that was, but like it's all part of the continual process of getting to grittier. Oh, okay, yeah, no, that's very not okay. okay. Uh, but no, yeah. I was just no, but I was trying to wind back to like I know there was yeah. Like, don't you, I'm not gonna. I'm sorry. Don't you I, I didn't forget about the Daltons. Honestly, I thought you. I thought you just skipped over the whole eighties. Nah, no, no, no. no, that's <laughs> what I was saying. I think it was seventy six. Seventy six. Yeah. I've definitely got that wrong. Maybe it's eighty six. Oh no, I've I've I've, I've, caught, I've shown myself as a fraud. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, so I think it was good. But like, I don't think it's the best movie about James Bond, but I think it's the best James Bond movie. Yeah, that's fair. I, I, I think it's def, definitely of its time. Like, it is a 90s movie. Yeah. A 90s action movie. Like, it's... Um, I think some of the... Like, the stunts and the explosions are really, like, of, the, of its time. And look, that's fine. Like, it's it's kind of that... And it's also a little bit kind of um, witty. And it's doesn't take itself too seriously. Which I like. Um, which, is, which is probably good. Yeah, it is what probably what James Bond is supposed to be. Like, the Daniel Craig ones, as, as good as they are... He doesn't definitely doesn't have the charisma of uh, Pierce Brosnan or no one does, like a Roger Moore or Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No bias here whatsoever. <laughs> that that's a high bar. Yeah. Okay. Well, this is my question. Where? Okay. Next question. <laughs> Did you answer your question? Where do you hold this? In no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, personally, I'd probably it'd probably top top five. Top five. Okay. Cool. I'm but again, I think I. Yeah, I think just nostalgia wise, I think for us it's it's different story. Yeah. Like for someone who grew up during the nineties, this is our bond. So yeah, um, and then this is my next question. Then where where does this where does the Brosnan bond? Because this is his first. So comparing Doctor No, Live and Let Die, Honor, Majesty's Secret Service, the Living uh, the Living Daylights, and Casino Royale in terms of first bro- uh, first Bond appearances, what do we okay. think? Okay. Um... Again, it's going to be a little bit uh, biased, but I'm probably going to say second behind Casino Royale. Okay, well, that's just simply wrong. Uh, and we're going to disagree. I, I, like, I think, and I, the bias is here, I'm aware. This is the best Bond. In my, he's just, he's suave, 
He's cool as fuck. Like, I love that, like, Daniel Craig is clearly a secret agent, but Pierce Brosnan's James Bond is just a model, <laughs> like, acting. Oh, no. Sorry, no. I, I was just comparing the movies. Like, Pierce Brosnan is definitely oh, better Bond. Oh, that's what definitely I meant. Better Bond. No, sorry. no. Absolutely, yeah. Ah, Pierce yes. Brosnan is definitely better Bond. Oh, cool. He, I was ready he, to stop. I was ready to stop the yeah. recording and just never talk no, to you again. No, that's fair. No, because... <laughs> As, as we know, Daniel Craig is a potato. <laughs> he is a potato wished to life. He yeah, is exactly. just, he's squashed into those tight-fitting suits and just is sad all of the time. He's such a sad <laughs> yeah. Bond. This Pierce Brosnan guy, he, like, he's just having a, he's having a ball. He's, oh, he's just having a great time. Uh, and I've got a whole section on hair and outfits later on yeah, that we can absolutely. talk about. Oh, he's so cool, isn't he? <laughs> he's swag. I, I think this is peak Pierce Brosnan, though. This oh, is, it's, this oh, is yeah. his best. It's peak Pierce Brosnan, absolutely. Uh, I think it's the yeah. only real good Pierce Brosnan movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, te- you're telling me the Silver Fox hasn't got a... Got a- all together ah! there oh, the no, early, said, early 2010s oh I'm talking about, no sorry, I'm talking about, well we haven't seen we haven't seen Black Adam yet David so we'll reserve all judgment um, but yeah I, I, I think uh, I think in terms of I don't know I think he's great I think he fits the style and the genre and the time period really well I think the story they're trying to tell it fits quite nicely into the time like in into the time period as well it's a classic James Bond story like they have a nice opening sequence there's this whole you know, you're not. He's sent. To, he's sent to investigate something. The thing ends up being bigger than he thinks what it is, and then it's a whole case of trying to stop the bad guy. But what I enjoyed most about this movie, and I think it's something the later movies have fallen down on slightly, in that they've over relied on it, is that this movie kind of pulls back to James Bond's past a bit. In that, like, there's the whole 006 played by Sean Bean, Alec Trevelyan, I think his name is, and. Uh, this whole thing where they used to be partners, there was this incident that happened which was shown in the opening scene and then it turns out, spoilers obviously for the whole fucking episode, but for this, uh, 006 ends up coming back from the dead, a a very rare trait for Sean Bean's characters and then ends up uh, being the bad guy of the film and I think it was so cool, I know I'm talking a lot and you're going to have to try and stop me as much as possible during this podcast, but it's, uh, I think it's so cool that it's just like, uh, there's this bad guy that literally knows everything about James Bond, knows how he works, knows how his style, there's a scene on a, on a train where he's like, don't worry James, I I know you're searching there, it's already been, I've already fixed it, don't you worry and there's all these cool things where he, he knows beat by beat how James Bond, like, uh, plans things whereas the later movies everyone fucking knows James Bond from his past like everything's related the bad guys are always someone to do with something whereas this was like James Bond does a mission but also just happens to be about the past I found yeah okay so like I, I agree with everything you've said there the one thing that I, I do say that the movie kind of fell down for me on is the fact that I would have liked to have seen more of that oh absolutely like, uh, like I think if this movie had to come out in the 2010s say like that would have been the main point of this movie is mm. that like the the whole mission would have been a kind of side thing whereas that like you would have seen say this um this fight within James Bond that you know he he sees that maybe you know maybe everyone in MI6 is against him or you know how does he know that anyone you know has the same intentions that he does and he's kind of conflicted or whatever because of what like Alec Trevelyan did to him or yeah. the fact that he, he's kind of come, turned out to be a bad guy uh, and turned against him. So, like, I would have liked to have seen more of that. But, again, like I say, it's it's of its time. It has to be more... It was, you know, 90s movies are more just kind of action-based, action-heavy. But I would have loved to have seen more of that kind of conflict within Bond after he finds out that Alec was, um, like, turned, obviously, bad and yeah. came back to life and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, like... 
again, it is something with with the more recent James Bond movie. It's all about be, being about his past and it being yeah. about uh, his destiny or whatever. All this That's shit. Bullshit. Uh, this is this is just like he's on a mission and it just happens to be someone that you know comes across his paths path. Yeah. And uh, it's from his past. Jesus and I literally Jesus. just had a, I had an idea there. Uh, by the way, the Broccoli's, who are the producers of the James Bond, you have this idea for free, but just credit me somewhat, mainly with a uh, Pierce Brosnan uh, guests or a fan meetup. Um, <laughs> wouldn't it be cool if they they kind of followed the storyline a bit of like Captain America and the Winter Soldier in the Marvel movies, where mm. you literally have a movie where 006, I think is it, uh, who is playing the new 007 in No Time to Die? There's simply no time left to die. Uh, is it Lashana Lynch? Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't it be cool if like you brought in her character and they were teaming up for one mission and then she dies yeah. at the end of the movie but she comes back as the bad guy in the next movie. I think yeah, if they were exactly, able to tell yeah. an arc like that it would be really cool. Um, yeah. Something that was a bit more clearly they had an idea or a vision of where it was going to go. I know this This is pretty much going to be a podcast about us talking about James Bond as a franchise. Yeah. A lot, but the, We'll talk about Goldeneye. Uh, but like, but like where, whereas the new movies are kind of like Wait, Daniel Craig wants to do another one? Okay, we'll give him another hundred million dollars and we'll write a script for it then. Um yeah. so but like so that's what I thought was really cool about this movie, just that they had a villain that was an ex uh MI six agent that James Bond worked with quite closely. And it and it, it was very rare to see because uh, not a lot of the other movies do it and uh, I don't think it's actually mentioned in the books that much uh, it's all the other double O agents and James Bond's relationship yeah. with them there's a scene in oh Jesus Christ is it uh, Thunderball I think where all the double O agents are gathered in a big boardroom and they're all sitting in like a big table and stuff and that's that's the only ever scene we've ever I think we've ever seen like the other oh no there's other ones where we see them individually like uh, a few to a kill and stuff but like all together uh, there's an idea there's a bigger community of double O agents but I think that would be something really cool for the movie anyway uh, I, slight tangent but really cool for the movies imagine if they did like an Avengers but double O agents doesn't matter yeah. but that's what I that was the main thing I really enjoyed about this movie and I think that the henchman was actually fairly effective most of the time yeah it was an interesting take on a henchman or or a henchwoman um, a henchperson in this movie it was very pr- I know we're not talking about we're not talking about Tom Hardy. <laughs> no, it was very progressive in 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 this uh, movie, considering it was the mid nineties that uh, you could have this type of person as that character. Yeah, well, and I think that Glenn. before this, it would have been uh, Mayday in A View to a Kill would have been like the last female henchman, but she turned out to be good in the end. Um, but what was kind of cool about this one was that like she was just unapologetically evil, and this was something I I also thought was kind of interesting in this movie. So she kind of like. We're, uh, oh, very, we're kind of int- we can talk about her a bit we, we're introduced to her yeah. character where she's like racing on a cliffside beside James Bond she's in a Ferrari he's in the old Aston Martin DB5 great car I want to buy it and it, it's great because we've never seen a woman driver kind of keep the pace with Bond a bit which yeah. I thought was kind of already interesting so you kind of get an idea that they're equals and then yeah. We kind of see they're at the casino together, kind of mirroring that first time we meet James Bond in, in Doctor No, uh, which Doctor I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. And then eventually we see her, she's going off with some, it's great. Oh, I love this scene where she's he's like Commander Bond. And then she's like, well, I'm going home with this lad who's an admiral. And you can see Bond being like, what? She said no to me? Oh, and it really hurts his confidence. Um, but she goes off and like they sleep together and she like kills him, kills him with her thighs like squeeze thighs, thighs, yeah. thighs of steel yeah I, if this was like the if this was like would have been the Roger Moore Bond you would have really like it would have been like oh yeah she's got literal titanium thighs or something <laughs> um, but like yeah so she kind of used her sac- sexuality to kill people which is funny because like Bond himself has always used the sexuality to kind of like get answers and get access to certain areas and kind of get information out of people so I kind of thought they were interesting foes and in that like the both of them their main sort of not main but like one of their kind of um, 
sort of weapons in their arsenal is using their sexuality against each other so when Bond kind of falls ploy to Hurst like advances you know he nearly dies because of it which I thought was kind of cool yeah she's horny for murder she's, she's just she's oh my like, there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> groaning for death in this yeah oh she loves it <laughs> um, but yeah like you said like it's it's not all common we see a character like that that's well number one able to go toe to toe with James Bond like mm. certainly not a woman um, but then like the way she uses her body and stuff it's it's uh, it's, it's strange but it's it weirdly works and yeah it's, like it, it, there was times during it I was like just punch her in the face Pierce yeah, just punch her right exactly. in the face you've still got use of your arms punch her right yeah. in the face like obviously yeah. don't hit a woman but like she's trying to kill you <laughs> Yeah, you know, you have to you have to uh, think about these things. Like, do you take your own life or do you? Hate <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, oh, we didn't even mention her name. Sorry, we say progressive. No, yeah, her name is yeah, still trash. Zenya yeah. on the top. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. It's, it's just it's the it's the James Bond curse, isn't it? They always it, just put these absolutely ridiculous names on them. <laughs> like it's it, it's come a long way since Pussy Galore. Pussy Galore. <laughs> and Doctor Doctor Goodhead, and uh, it's not as bad as the. There's a there's a there's a, a doctor in the world is not enough called oh, is it something I think it's like Molly Warmflash or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gets bad, but like yeah. it was weird because this movie kind of was nearly like the turning point of when it stopped turning cheesy and stuff and having these stupid names, but then kind of fell right back into that pattern before like yeah. Casino Royale just stopped it dead in its tracks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but no, like. Look, it's uh, like I want want to say like Famke Jansen does a really good job in this oh, as well. Like, great, I mean, I mean, seeing what she do, does in X Men compared to this, like like it just shows that she's like a really really good actor because I think she's really bland in X Men. Like she the way she yes, plays Jean Grey, um, but this like she just has I, I don't know if it's charisma, but like when you're on screen, you, when she's on screen, you're like li- literally worried for anyone else in the room because like yeah. she could just lose her shit. Watch those thighs; they're coming for you. I know, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. And I think she has a really cool... Uh, um, again, spoilers. I think she has a really cool death scene. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's... Like, yeah, well, I just think like, it's... Yeah, like, it's kind of cool, but you know what I kind of liked about it was that James Bond never actually beat her. Yeah, I know exactly. he kind of outsmarted her, but he actually never beat her in a fight yeah. besides the one time he kind of did. But, like, in terms of, like, killing her off, he never actually did yeah. that. It was just some, like... She was know, just enjoying it too much. That was her, she that was just her enjoying that, that, that her murder. Flaw. She was ready to get those thighs <laughs> around Natalia. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I thought that that death scene was pretty cool because he he hits the helicopter and she just goes flying back into a tree. Just pretty yeah, because cool. he attaches the like the rope she the the zip yeah. cord or whatever she fell down on attaches it to her, to her. Then like shoots the helicopter. The helicopter flies away and then she gets stuck stuck between like two two trees. So um, yeah, actually she gets he attaches it to her thighs. Does it? Oh my god, she gets killed by her own thighs. Oh my god, it's very poetic. <laughs> this is Shakespeare shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, um, oh what was it oh and then the the line was oh that's something i meant to do was write all the, the lines out but uh one, one of them was like oh she always loves a good squeeze and you're just like nah. <laughs> oh don't I, I tried to count the number of quips in this oh, oh there's too many hand. it's just oh, so yeah. it's so different um so where the movie starts i think we can kind of roughly talk about because i just think that's a really cool opening scene uh yeah. was the infiltration with uh 007 and 006 uh, but the first time we see the Pierce Bros and James Bond was when he goes jumping off that big dam in S- Switzerland. It's not, sorry, Switzerland in real life, real shit in the movie. Yeah. Uh, I want to go to there. I want to jump off that. Uh, that, that yeah, dam. it's actually, you're able to do proper bungee jumping off that dam. I want to do it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's, again, this is kind of a, a, a thing in a lot of James Bond movies, uh, a trope is, is that they all, there's always this scene uh, where it's a big kind of uh, stunt uh, as we've seen kind of more recently in the Mission Impossible movies. Um, 
and like you know we've seen it in the past with say jumping off the um the side of the cliff and he gets the the british flag as yeah. the the uh parachute and stuff like that and whatever there's always that was different ones um but this one obviously bungee jumping was big in the 90s so, oh, so <laughs> big it was like, hardcore it was radical dude yeah. well like i i couldn't understand why he just didn't abseil down like i mean it's <laughs> Dude. I don't think he gets extra points for style, does he? Dude, he was a radical ha- hardcore. Of course he was going to do it. <laughs> um, but yeah, very cool scene. And then obviously the first line, he's in a toilet. <laughs> yeah, he's at, so the first time... We, so so fun, vague... It's not, I don't know if it's... I can't remember. I just read this fact when I was doing my usual... Uh, so obviously when he jumps off the cliff, it's not uh, the, the dam. It's not actually James Bond. It's uh, it's not Pierce Brosnan. It's uh, this other... This this stunt man, uh, but I I think the it was a seven hundred and twenty two foot drop, uh, off off the dam. Uh, but the guy who did it actually shows up in a cameo later on in the movie as the as the pilot for that for that tiger helicopter that Zenya on a top shoots, which I thought was kind of cool way of giving him mm. like a a cameo in the actual movie. Yeah, um, yeah. but do you know the way there's that scene then where he obviously gets to? By the way, it's implied that it's a rope in the movie because he doesn't bounce back up. Or is it because yeah. he shoots the grappling no, hook down? because he shoots the thing. Yeah, I think it, I think it's because he shoots the grappling hook. Okay, cool. So, that, yeah, because I was going to say then his legs would just tear off yeah. if it was just a <laughs> straight fall. Um, yeah. But the, the other way, he, la- he then lasers with a gun, a hole in the roof. Uh, and the, can you, I don't know if you see Pierce Brosnan's face at this point, but I know you just see his hands kind of... No, you see his eyes kind of... Oh, you do see his eyes. Because I was going to say, those aren't his hands. And that's just not me being a creep and knowing that. It's It, it was listed on this thing where apparently... Uh, a lot of the uh, he had injured his hands in his Malibu beach house, and therefore they couldn't do any close-up shots of his hands. So all of so when you see him revealing the champagne and pulling the handbrake and doing yeah, the laser anything things, with his watch, anything with his watch. Well, that was apparently all done by his twenty-two-year-old son Christopher Brosnan, who was like oh, a wow. third assistant trainee on the second unit. Uh, so they had to get him to do all these uh, these extra scenes. Because, oh yeah, you're right with the with the wristwatches out because he'd injured his hands. Yeah. There you go. Uh, but yeah, he dropped. He, so the first lines he says is he's like. He's upside down in a jacks. Sorry, Sorry. forgot to knock. Forgot to knock. <laughs> I can't do a good Pierce Brosnan. No, I wish. Fair. No, it's it's good. Um, and I guess that's probably a good introduction to the character because he's like, he he has the style, he has the you know the where how to get the radical the hardcore skills. Obviously, <laughs> yeah, that. Like, the know how of get getting around, but he also has these quips. I I hope I hope people enjoy the quips because there's a lot of. Um, but yeah, and he's again, he just knocks him out. If you out, don't so go he's, watch he's Quantum of Solace and see Daniel Craig be sad for either, I remember that movie's too long or too short? It's too short. It's an hour and something minutes. Is it? Jeez, it feels long. It's, it, feel, it feels long, but I know it's, it holds the record as um, the shortest uh, James Bond movie of all time. I think it's only an hour and 47 minutes. Wow, Jesus. There you go. Which would make sense because it's actually based on a short story that Ian Fleming wrote. Not novel. Yeah. Did you know that, there David? Because I did, because I read the books. <laughs> um, so yeah, we see we see him. Uh, he's uh, him and 007 They're running around. Uh, 006, six. They're running 006. around, infiltrating this place. It's great. Um, do we do we want to mention the, the the famous words? Oh, the famous lie. I mean, like again, this just it's so perfect. Like, like so. Yeah, I mean, this is the so first it, Irish James Bond. He's technically a British <laughs> agent, but I don't recognise him as a British agent in this. I recognise him as Navin-born James Bond who migrated to the UK when he was young. 
and his parents died so they, the MI6 took him in yeah. Um, so yeah obviously they're in this uh, facility and they're in this room and the Russians are coming to kill them and they're breaking down the doors and breaking down the windows and he's setting explosives or just, sorry James Bond is setting explosives and Alec Trevelyan uh, 006 is holding off the Russians with his machine gun and he's like uh, you know Hurry up, James! They're coming! Buy me a pie! Pierce Brosnan gives us one of the best lines ever. James Bond. By James oh, Bond. Buy me a pie! <laughs> Buy me a pint. We're stealing and, this from another podcast, but I don't care. I, I, and first of all, I don't understand how that speeds things up or like if that is that is that a thing? Like if, if you hold him off for longer, you can buy me a pint. Like you owe him. Surely you should buy him a pint. I'll buy you a pint. So again, it makes I no sense. trouble here. Okay, well then get me a drink, please. <laughs> I'm gonna need a pint of pint of plane for this now. Look, I think if we know the character of James Bond, he works better when he's pissed. But this is the thing, he doesn't drink pints, he drinks a vodka martini. He should have no, been like, like, he said, Alec, get me a vodka martini. <laughs> shake it, not Oh, stand. shake it, don't st- Oh, they've, they've already started making it? Okay, well, that's fine. You're dead? The Russians have killed you? Anyway, yeah. that's the only reason I wanted to bring this up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fair, that's fair, yeah. So anyway, he escapes. Alec doesn't, he's, he's killed, he's shot dead. Um, and he escapes. And I think this is one of the cooler escape scenes we've seen in a James Bond movie because um, there's a, bla- a plane taking off and he's on a motorbike. Yeah, so it's going off a cliff. So some- somehow he gets the pilot out. I don't know how he got the pilot out, but anyway. Um, and the Russians are coming after him. So he decides he's going to go over the cliff with the plane. There's no one in the plane. And jump into the plane as he's falling. Which I think is pretty cool. I think that was pretty cool. I So I really like that. But what annoyed me about this. So we don't see the plane come back up. And we're like, is James yeah. Bond dead? Have I just, <laughs> is it 1995? And I, I'm, I'm, I've just finished skateboarding with my radical hardcore friends. And I've watched it. I've paid, I've paid, I don't know, three pounds, three pounds. I don't know how much currency is back then. I don't know, three pounds to come see my local. You're in Meath. It's 1995. You know, Ireland are just simply killing it at the Eurovision. We can't go wrong. Jack Charlton's doing wonders with the national side. And what's this? There's an Irish James Bond. You go in, you pay your three pounds, you watch the movie. Oh, is he dead? But then all of a sudden the plane comes back up and you realise he's not dead. And this is what annoyed me slightly about this movie, which was that it didn't do the classic, you know, yeah. but they save it for later on and it is yeah. so much more rewarding later on, I find. Yeah. Uh, apparently there was a thing where they were trying to phase that out as the theme tune, but uh, fans fucking hated it, so they brought it back for the next one. So it's only really used for quite sparingly in this. Um, yeah, because there's a weird twang of it at the start, even before the barrel roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I thought it was really strange, but yeah, no, it makes sense. But that brings us on to the intro. I know, I know this is not, like, don't worry, we're just, we're, we're, we'll speed through this. Or it'll be like five hours long. I don't care. <laughs> uh, but uh, I have your No, this is, hold on, this is important. <laughs> this is important. So the intro. What did yeah. you think? So the intro, uh, there's two things I want to talk about. The song and the visuals. Okay, I so, just want to talk about uh, the visuals first. Because the visuals. Yeah, it's. <laughs> it, is this the last one where it's just naked women doing random chores? Well, see, this is the thing. Like, I always thought the intros had something to do with the movie. Like, if you remember, like Goldfinger, there's like there's I know it's obviously gold and stuff, um, but there's always a little thing to do with the film. There's one, there's one bit in it where there is a two-faced woman, 
There's a one with two yeah. faces. I felt that was a kind of cool hammer. Ah, but other than that, it's just it's that's just dancing women. That's a good women. Scanlan spot right there. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> that's that's the only thing. The rest of it is just yeah. dancing women and James Bond shooting people. Yeah, and it's just really weird. I remember just thinking that, like, but like that was the cl- it was pre-internet porn. This was the closest you'd yeah. get. Like, you know, yeah. but I was just remember just thinking, like, you're wasting your time. However, it's lucky that we've only got uh, one uh, Tina Turner singing the theme tune. Thoughts on the tune. So, what makes this movie even more Irish? Oh, you know song. it as well. You know it as well. Love to hear it. It's written by the good men of YouTube, oh Bono God. and the Edge. This, is, this movie is practically built built by Irish people. More like gold, uh, Goldeneye. More like up the dove somewhere. <laughs> more like Greeneye. Greeneye. <laughs> so, do you know how they ended up writing it? Not a clue. No, I just okay. seen it there. Was, so was... apparently, all three of them—so Tina Turner, Edge, and uh, <laughs> sorry, the Edge, not uh, WWE wrestler Edge—were uh, all living as neighbors in the south of France. And one of the days, uh, the U two members went over to Tina Turner's house, where uh, the Edge started playing uh, the song, like the, the melody to it, on uh, the piano. And apparently, Bono's inspiration for writing the song was his—he uh, had a honeymoon. Uh, over in Jamaica but not anywhere in Jamaica but Ian Fleming's house yeah. in Jamaica which is called Goldeneye, Goldeneye so he had inspiration yeah. for it there ended up in the south of France three of them got together wrote the song how cool is that what a story uh, but I've got something even cooler about this David Scanlon which I just think is fantastic so this was only one of this was one of two songs that were went that were entered or submitted to be the song do you know about the other one? no so the other one was entered by Swedish group Ace of Bass, uh, and they had oh, written a song. I honestly, I honestly thought you were going to say ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> you just imagine that. That's <laughs> Disco James Bond. Oh my god! Like I would have loved it, uh, but I'm trying to think of an ABBA song real quick. No, I can't. I'm not going to embarrass money, myself. Money, money, <laughs> gold, must be funny gold. <laughs> in a James Bond world. <laughs> Uh, but what you call it so they had written a song uh, but the studio actually so the, the the record company that they were represented by the label pulled the band out of the project fearing the negative impact in case the film flopped um, but what they did yeah no fucking idiots anyway have you heard of Ace of Base recently <laughs> <laughs> but they uh, they so they changed the song so they still kept all the music and the lyrics but they changed the name of it from Goldeneye to The Juvenile and the song is found on Spotify and it's pretty much you listen to it it's like it's a j it sounds garbage anyway and no i don't mean garbage who wrote and uh, and sang the world is not enough theme for 1999 david scanlon uh, i mean trash as in no good or bad sorry i thought you were going to say i thought you were going to say he, he, they entered it into the eurovision oh, they should have <laughs> that, that could have worked man uh, but yeah but there's still subtle bits in the song the juvenile uh, where yeah. it links to Goldeneye, this bit's like, oh, tomorrow's foe is now a friend and stuff, like, linking back yeah. to Alec Trelli and stuff. So, yeah, there was loads of cool things with the theme song. Uh, but what I... Yeah. Uh, this is... Uh, I'm just padding this out to fuck. I don't care. So, um, another thing with the new James Bond movies is they all seem to be getting nominated and winning Oscars. Sam Smith won for Writings on the Wall for Spectre and Adele won for Skyfall in Skyfall. And no doubt Billie Eilish will be nominated and probably win for... No, There's simply no time to die. Um... Which he's already won a Grammy for. Do you you have time today? (laughs) Uh, I'm so sorry to bother you. Do you you mind if you have any potential time that you might possibly die? Um, But yeah, so actually, another fun fact. uh, She's the first person to win a Grammy for uh, for a song based on a movie when the movie hasn't been released yet. 
Um, oh, so yeah. there you go. But anyway, so I looked up this year in the Oscars and I was like, who the hell took this Oscar from U2 and The Edge? So it was won by Colors of the Wind from Pocahontas. But so that's where my out- outrage started, David Scott. But my outrage proceeded to go on where I don't really care about these other ones. Dead Man Walking from Dead Man Walking didn't win. Uh, Have You Ever Loved a Woman from Don Juan. Don Juan DeMarco didn't win. Moon Knight from Sabrina by John Williams didn't win Best Song. But you know what else was the last song to be nominated this year that didn't win? I presume it was Toy Story, was it? Fucking You Got a Friend and Me didn't win. Yeah. What the fuck? That's what I was thinking. Like, Toy Story came out in 95, didn't it? (laughs) Didn't win. Colors of the Wind. What? Anyway. So that's where my anger ended then. There you go. That's all That's all the rant I had about the song. But yeah, it's an alright song. It's not the best song, but I've been jamming to it all week. Yeah, that's fair. No, that's fair. Um, no, look, again, it's perfect 90s t- 90s movie. Like it's, or 90s music, sorry. Um, you two were at their peak. Tina Turner was at, what is at her peak. You know, why didn't they do, why shouldn't they do a collaboration on a James Bond song? Um, could you have gotten another Irish band to do it? Don't think I would have enjoyed the cardigans writing the Golden Eye, if I'm honest. The, the, cor- uh, chorus? the chorus? No, the, the chorus. The chorus. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, wait, the cranberries. The cranberries. <laughs> Sorry, I mixed up the cranberries and chorus. Yeah, you got those right. Yeah, yeah, two of them. We love yeah, our no, chorus. Yeah. 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 Um, um, actually, sorry, this this is probably a good point. Before we actually move on to the next scene, I would like to talk about the director. Oh, hit me up I've, with it. I've, I've, <laughs> I feel like this is one of those Hollywood directors where I can't tell if he's good or bad. Okay. So, Martin Campbell, he did GoldenEye and he did Casino Royale. He does good James movies. Bond films. Does good yeah, James Bond but films. he also did Green Lantern. <laughs> Oi. Oi. Also in that movie is Ryan Reynolds and Taika Waititi. I think that I think it's the Green Lantern anomaly where it's like some people were just attached to that and they and it was no good. Yeah, like I, yeah, I don't know. And what else? He, sorry, so he's done two Zorro movies. One wasn't good. One was good. So I don't know. Like he's a bit hit and miss. But yeah, it's interesting. He did alright. Uh, yeah. yeah he, so he's good at um, the first entry in Bond movies. Yeah. That's his. That's his niche. So when the new James Bond gets like you know recast after Cast, Daniel yeah. Craig turns seventy. We're like, hey, Martin Campbell, want to come back and do another? No, I just thought that was interesting. Like the, the two movies, the two movies of his that I really like are both Bond movies, both yeah. first t- first time Bond movies. So uh, um, interesting to talk about. But also, just speaking about, I don't know, very quickly to talk about how um, Brosnan was supposed to be James Bond way earlier than this as well. Uh, he was supposed to do it back when Dalton initially did it, but uh, James yeah. uh, Pierce Brosnan, I actually called him James Bond. Uh, he's my, he's James Bond to me. Uh, was uh, he's doing this TV show called Remington Steel? But Dalton was supposed. To, this movie was written for Dalton, uh, but there was a load of like legal battles and shit like that 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 kept it from getting delayed. And Dalton didn't want to do it anymore because he'd rather do um, hot fuzz. Hot fuzz and in two thousand and five. Two thousand and five. What else did he do? Uh, he, he was in an episode of Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh, he was the voice of the uh, the Hedgehog in Toy Story three as well. He oh, was like, no, go. no, I don't want to be James Bond. I'd rather be doing this. <laughs> Makes so uh, much sense. But yeah, uh, but like then little did he know this would be the most successful James Bond movie since Moonraker because it had a budget of about sixty billion and made about three hundred and fifty million. Um, so all down to the Brosnan effect, if you ask me. But yeah, so like I, I think uh, James Bond wasn't the only role uh, recast for this as well. We also got New Money Penny, played by Samantha Bond, uh, who's kind of a bit more like 
I'm not going to be taking your, like, as all the money pennies have kind of been, this is the most we see her being like, I'm not going to take your shit, James Bond. Yeah, she she knows all his moves and kind of like, you know, yeah, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, yeah. yeah. I like I liked her. They kind of ruined her character and died another day, yeah. but like, I yeah. thought she was good in this. I really enjoyed this this yeah. take on Moneypenny. As little as you see her, like, just for that scene. Well, Moneypenny's really never in a lot. No, yeah. Unless, no, you're, unless you're in Skyfall and you're Skyfall. shooting James Bond. And we don't know your money penny until the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then who else they, uh, there's obviously uh, well Q stays the same uh, yeah. and I Des, Desmond Llewellyn who is yeah. just fatal like he, he, I don't know what else he ever did but like yeah. man did he just fucking do great in this role yeah like considering what age he was at that stage he still he, like, he still had like the banter with Bond he still had it like it looked like they knew each other for they years they did actually that's a good point yeah and like you could have you could have told me they were like best friends for 30 years and that's you know they had that charisma to get it together like just the bits in the background as well really helped but like yeah. just again like just what an actor like and for someone to work away work his way through that series for as long as he did is just incredible yeah. like you just know Pierce Brosnan brought him out for points the night before. Yeah, like, absolutely. Come on, Desmond, we'll go have a few points. Here, what does, what does this gadget do? Um, that's a that's a pint of Guinness. You're damn right it is, Desmond. <laughs> Does exactly what it says on the tin. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, do, should we move on to probably the most important? Well, I, I just want to quickly talk about, just very quickly, the last thing I want to mention about Q, because like, yeah. like Money Penny, only in it very yeah. briefly, which I think this is like, this is the scene that kind of is the only thing that really ties back to the older ones like the actor obviously where it's just ridiculous gadgets that are never going to be practical in real life and I did like it kind of gave the movie a bit of levity I found where it was like there's a there's a cask that's uh, sorry, a cast on Q's leg that's also a rocket launcher there's a phone booth that's like you know blowing up people from the inside with an airbag and shit which I thought was kind of you know cool so, so this is interesting I think it's, it's perfect timing this is something again that works in his favour for the movie is because it's coming out in the mid 90s and i think like this movie probably is set in the early 90s because it's still soviet union so yeah. that's why i think so um he, bond just can't get everything in a smartphone he needs like <laughs> yeah. proper gadgets yeah like, i think that's the problem with modern day bond is just like he can get everything in a smartphone yeah just give him a smartphone and that's it like he doesn't have to carry around a like briefcase with fucking <laughs> with gold you know, coins and, and a belt yeah exactly <laughs> and all this shit <laughs> here, here here bad guy how about i just revolution 20 quid there and we call it quits yeah yeah exactly <laughs> like and a pen and so all this shit but anyway i i thought that was pretty cool again worked with the time of, of the, yeah. the t- setting of the movie um but yeah sorry we'll go back to uh probably probably the most one of the most effective recastings of kind of james bond's um surrounding characters which is judy dench as m yeah and it just shows the, pa- the fact that she was able to pass from one bond to the next as well i think yeah uh, and I think, well, like I know the others have kind of done it, but the other ones are just so kind of boring. In the in in the books, David, uh, but uh, no, in the books, uh, what you call it? The uh, oh, Q's kind of born out farting, it, and that's kind of what the actors, the the actors up to this point kind of were. I know the ones during the Dalton ones was a bit more of a kind of a a bit more animated than the than the original guy. Oh, I forget his name. Uh, but but Judy Dench lends a new character, like kind of element to it which is just she's like because like you know she sees him flirting with money penny he just knows right I'm not taking your bullshit james you can just fuck right off we're doing it my like she's so she's such a boss to him and i really enjoyed her kind of taking him down a peg because yeah she is his boss and bond's yeah. kind of taking the piss for the last few ends or at least the, like she's coming in day one and just fucking dropping the hammer yeah i just love that scene where they're they're in her office and he she she just kind of lays the, the ground or lays the kind of everything out in front of him and says like 
I don't give a shit. Like, I will let you, I will send you out to die. Yeah. And that's like, and I, I won't get, you know, t- think about it twice. And I think that just kind of tells you everything you need to know about the character is like, she's just hard as nails and doesn't give a shit. Like, and it's, it's perfect for Bond because Bond's just, this Bond is so playful that having someone like that is, is probably good for him. And it's a good playoff. Yeah, and and I know, like in the books, obviously there was never a female M, but I I know I was reading up on the trivia as well that the idea of a female was a female M was actually floated earlier, um, by Lois Maxwell, who was actually the original Money Penny, and it was her idea. Oh, why why don't you like why don't I take over as M, or why doesn't a female M happens? And um, they just didn't. They took her idea, but just didn't. Was like, yeah, that's great, Lois Maxwell. We should have a female M. Do you have Judy Dench's number? <laughs> Dame Judy Dench, <laughs> uh, and she's been great. Like you say, she she carried over to the to, to the um, Daniel Craig ones easily, and I, yeah. I, I I thought she was really good in that as well. Um, do you, do you want to go through the rest of the cast? Yeah, we'll go through the rest of the cast, yeah. David. Um, well, I think all the other people left. Bar well, obviously we talked about Sean Bean. Uh, are basically non English. Uh, no, there's there's one other. Like all the other, like all the basically all the Russian people aren't Russian. Um, yeah like, that's where that's where I kind of saw a bit of a flaw in this is that I would have liked to have seen them use foreign actors like if you think of say Mads Mikkelsen's character Le Chief uh, in yeah. Casino Royale like if, if you can imagine a British actor trying Mads to do Mikkelsen that Mads Mikkelsen in this you're right yeah, David well, no, he's coming at you with that. those thighs <laughs> but like I, I know Famke Jensen or Famke Jensen is uh, Swedish but like the other two uh, Alan oh. Cumming and Robbie Coltrane she's not are both she's Dutch David Oh, sorry. Dutch. So she's Dutch. So mm-hmm. Isabella Skrupko, who plays Natalia, is Polish. Famke Jensen oh, is Dutch. Uh, Gottfried John, who plays Ermoff, is German. Tetschki Caro, who plays Michigan, is French. Is French. Robbie <laughs> Coltrane is uh, Robbie Coltrane and Alan Cumming are both Scottish. That, so. they, yeah, they were the two I was kind of looking at. Is that like if those characters were recast? If I would like if those two characters were recast as, as foreign actors. But I kind of loved Alan Cummings in this. I know, I know. Alan Cummings is very... He's, he's very charismatic in this role. It's just a bit ridiculous. Seeing a, Scot- a Scottish man tried to do a Russian accent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, like, he is very charismatic in the role. I just think, again... Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I am just... Sense, I'm, yeah. I'm enjoying the character less so much. Yeah. Promoting the yeah. actor behind the performance. Uh, yeah. If that makes sense. And yeah. I feel like if this was a more serious movie, there'd be less need for that character. Like I feel like that could be a background character. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. I do, I do like him. I think he's funny. Like, I, I think, think at great, the end, man. I think is is the end the way it ends as well. It's just funny. Yeah. Slughead. Yeah. It's great. Uh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then obviously Robbie Coltrane turns up in a in a couple of the other movies as well. And just, I feel like just this one, is just one, the world's yeah. Enough. Um, I'm not letting any James Bond uh, factual facts, um, yeah, uh, come you know, out incorrectly. Come out. No, 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 not not this podcast. Um, but I, I do feel like that is a good. Uh, side to Bond because he has he knows he has to work with criminals yeah, to get I like, like the main bad guys which was, I think is a good side like and yeah. it, it is it does create a cool kind of underbelly that everyone knows each other like yes. the fact that he knows yes. him from the past as well so yeah. and what was and great it, it is like it, it lended what I find sometimes with some of the James Bond movies is that like it will it won't really reference his past missions unless it's a movie, whereas this referenced the past mission that wasn't in the movie. So yeah, I thought it was kind of exactly. interesting because some of them don't really do that, like this vague comments to sometimes where like, I don't know, this Quarrel Jr. And he's like, I knew your father. And then like in the world's, in the man with the, the, man with the golden gun, you know, M will be like, oh, like that time in Jamaica, like last year, James and stuff. Like it's obviously stuff that's happened, whereas like not yeah. a lot of a callback. Um, 
But what I really enjoyed about uh, Robbie Coltrane's performance in this that yeah he he does he hates James Bond but they have to work together like you say. There's two other things I want to say about his character. One, uh, it maybe I just nonstop I couldn't stop thinking about hey what if Hagrid was Russian and that just gave me endless amount of entertainment, uh, which was kind of like I should not have said that. I should not have said that. You're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Lily Potter was it? <laughs> Lily and James Potter. I don't know if you've seen. There's a, uh, a Russian, no, a Soviet version. Of Lord of the Rings. The Lord, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I imagine there's the same thing for Harry yeah. Potter. Oh, I love it. Uh, uh, and then the second thing I wanted to mention about him is that he has this weird dingy bar that that James Bond goes to. Uh, another one of those cheesy lines, which was kind of like. Uh, Hagrid, <laughs> Hagrid. <laughs> what's his name Valentine uh, has the gun James Bond sneaks up points the gun at him and he's like Walter PPK .34 battle sorry about the bad accent uh, and it's yeah. like uh, what you call it it's like I know three men who use that gun I kill two of them it must be James I'm like no yeah. fucking way do you know that first of all yeah. uh, but in the background there's a horrible there's a horrible cover of Stand By Your Man being sung do you know who that is singing that song not a chance that's no. Mini Driver from Goodwill Hunting. Oh fuck yeah! She's really <laughs> yeah. She got paid five thousand wow. dollars for this performance. What? I, I I don't know. She was Oscar nominated Mini Driver, and she's in this. Jesus. Because I looked at because she was singing a really bad Gary, Future yeah. Gary. Uh, could you just put in some of that song for a sec? I'm strangling the cat. Strangling a cat. It's Irina, my mistress. Very talented girl. Um, so I was looking at her, but it's like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, I looked at yeah. a mini driver. I was just like, Gee. anyway, so that was just that mad. incredible. Yeah. I, again, like that's, is that a little bit like, you know, the with the movies these days where they have like an extra who's like a famous person? Like Richard Branson in Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah, or something like that. Is, is that, or is that, is was there something that she was promoting at the time? No, I don't know. I think it was. To... I think it was just. Um, Did they was... want to get to the American audience or something? I don't know. But she's Brit. She is Brit. She's a British American, so like. Yeah, I, yeah. And well, Goodwin Hunting, Goodwin Hunting came out in '97, so like this might have been a bit before she was famous because I don't know if she was in much else. She was oh, in okay, Gross yeah. Point Blank. After this, she was in Sleeper. She was in 1999's Tarzan. Um, so like I don't know but anyway it's just odd seeing her in this but yeah yeah no I didn't even notice it because like that that role is it's like she's there for like five seconds yeah anyway so, yeah. I just it was... interesting interesting oh we oh we forgot we forgot we forgot one of the uh, forgot one of the MI6 uh, operatives David we forgot about Serena Gordon as Caroline an MI6 psychiatric and psychiatric evaluator whom Bond seduces at the beginning of the film inappropriate woman three, a woman, <laughs> woman inna- three. inappropriate <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, I'm stealing this joke from another podcast, where is that she is sent to review him, and then he's like, he's like, but see, this is what I kind of like. The night, uh, not the night. The, the thing I took from it from the character is like, well, of course she's gonna fail him. He's fucked in the head. He's crazy. So of course she's gonna seduce her for her to give her a nice uh, review, so he can go off and kill more people. So this is how his character works. So that's how I kind of see why he's being a creep. He's obviously a creep, but he's doing that. Uh, and then uh, Nick Mason from the Weekly Planet just wishes that she went back to MI6, and the review he gave uh, she gave her was bad at sex, <laughs> small penis, small penis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. Big it? Walter PP, small Brosnan PP. <laughs> um, oh god. 
yeah. so like I don't know and then obviously should we talk like Natalia as well is the, oh Natalia she's, she's pretty good but I don't like yeah. how her character ends up that's that's my thing okay so I just have just one bit I want to talk about um, so like on the train she her bond says or she's she uh your man Ormov has a gun against her head and she's kind of trapped and Bond has a gun at Sean Bean. So yeah, kind of has a choice. Does he save your one or does he kill Sean Bean? And Sean Bean says, you know, okay, sorry, Sean Bean, Alec Trevelyan says, I'm going to kill her. And Bond says, you know, I don't care. You can kill her. She means nothing to me. And then something happens that the two of them get away. Um, and like, she's like, oh yeah, I'm fine. Don't, you know, don't bother asking them. I'm okay. And I feel like that was the time where like she should have been like no I'm not taking any of your shit like you yeah. literally said I could you couldn't give a shit about me yeah um and then sorry there was just one other bit where they were at the beach just yeah. before they head over to Cuba yeah she has this really incredible during her um, third costume change of yeah the trip exactly to Cuba um so she has this incredible line sorry just let me get it before uh, I ruin it um so she says um all the guns all the killing how can you be so cold. So Bond says, it's what keeps me alive. And then she says, it's what keeps you alone. And I feel like that is something that they really should have, yeah. you know, progressed on. And like, they, they should have been a bigger part of the movie. Yeah. Um, but then, they just end up riding. <laughs> so I, I reckon that's just the studio being fucking annoying because they, like, yeah. they, there's no reason for the two of them to, to yeah. be together. Uh, yeah. Specifically that early on in the script. And then there's this weird scene where he's all sad and alone at a beach with his white shirt with the sand yeah. dunes and she comes to like comfort him. And I'm like, like what are you doing? It's just slowing down the plot at the end. But um, yeah. yeah, no, I definitely agree. I would have liked the idea of kind of either her growing closer and more attached to this guy that is so cold for her and then yeah. her, him then having feelings for her and being her being like no you're a horrible person fuck off yeah because yeah. that's kind of how that character should nearly go but the fact that they fall in love and it's in, in yeah. the novelization it turns out that she ends up going uh, going and marrying a hockey player I'm not making that up like they go off she yeah. goes off and marry a hockey player after this so yeah. yeah it was very forced I didn't enjoy it I would have just liked to have seen them as sidekicks. Just like yeah. she's a sidekick, she just goes off. And like when he gets caught, she goes off and is able to do stuff. Because she's like a good computer programmer and she's able to actually do stuff. Yeah, because so like, Bond wouldn't have been able to do anything yeah. in that scenario. Facility, yeah. To, 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 stop the, to stop the bomb going off. Uh, the, yeah. the big space laser going down in London. Like she did all that. So like mm. all he did was stop the laser being moved like with a, with a yeah. big shtick. So I yeah like I think I think they would have made great sidekicks, but yeah the, the romance to me felt very forced in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like I just I, and I felt that that scene was just it was perfect for that moment, and then they kind of ruined it with them two getting together. But anyway, that's just I think that's just a James Bond trope. Yeah, just, you kind of you, you have to, to have the, the yeah like yeah. even in the books, um, which I've actually read. No uh, way, really? Yeah. You read the book, the James Bond book. James Bond books. Yeah, there's a few of them, David, to which I have read the words. And uh, yeah, like legit, like sometimes, it's, like they were written in the 60s and sometimes it can be, it can be bad. But yeah, and there's literally like, I don't know, there's like 40 white men in a room and one woman walks in and you're like, yep, that's the one James Bond will end up with at the end. Uh, except for <laughs> one one of the books actually which was really good ending to that I won't spoil it in case anyone wants to go out and read the James Bond books like I have and I yeah so that's that's what I thought was just a bit it was a bit lazy writing um, for that just because I just didn't it just didn't need it um, sorry just one is there a reason why we have Jack Wade instead of Felix Leiter um, I don't know actually uh, I didn't I didn't I know he's named after someone 
from the production. Uh, I don't know why. He's not in the books, as far as I'm aware. Um, but I know uh, it's the first, it's not the first time. It's one of the it's one of the very few times an actor comes back to play another role in it because he was actually one of the bad guys in the Living Daylights. He played brad whitaker i think his name is and he played the villain in that so he gets killed off but he's also playing the same kind of cowboy that that like, cowboy, like that texas steep south accent and stuff uh so he comes back so you can nearly confuse the same together but yeah i don't know why it's not felix maybe because i don't know because to felix oh no because in the license no because in license to kill felix gets eaten by a shark and he has to recover oh. so this would have been written after that so felix would have been would have been chomped up uh which actually happens in a book earlier than that and anyway i'll stop with that uh but there was one line actually in this that i thought you might have brought up that you thankfully didn't which was the fact that jack wade's character has never been to new zealand never been to new zealand <laughs> look who hasn't been to new zealand oh, i'm telling you like come on <laughs> um but uh but yeah so like i think that's kind of roughly all the characters uh other kind of stuff i wanted to talk about was the very outdated tech in this just some of the some of the screens and some of the the fact that you'd literally get a notification it would take over your entire screen we get a lot of hollywood hacking oh my god there's so much typing without looking yeah yeah and a lot of uh i'll send you a spike i'll send him a spike what does the spike do who knows it just tracks them down i don't know what that that means but anyway um yeah, like I suppose we should actually get onto this the story. Like, is there is there anything? Like, I think or, we or have just... been recording this for about an hour, so <laughs> exactly. Maybe yeah. we talk about the story. <laughs> I suppose we, we'll quickly get over. I think the the starting bit, like from the intro onwards, because like intro until maybe Alec Trebellion turns up. So I feel yeah. like that's kind of what happens to that. It's just basically. So what I would say is that first bit, the the chase into Monaco, the car chase into Monaco. I thought yeah. that was really well shot. Yeah. Uh, I thought some of the ground shots there, and then I thought the Three Stooges style fall from the cyclist was a bit ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. There's some hangover from the eighties yeah. in this. I find, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, it's a really really well shot scene, and obviously I like the fact that um, it's Bond and someone. Obviously, a female uh, going kind of toe to toe, and he sees someone similar to himself, and just it's, that's kind of balls to the wall, and doesn't really give a shit about kind of safety and stuff like that. Especially with your one in the car, so yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, and then obviously the shot kind of ends over Monaco. Um, yeah, and it's 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 kind of cool that uh, you know we see a bit more advanced tech in it, where like James Bond's taking pictures and sending them to someone who's not there. The wild, wild technology of the early nineteen nineties. Um, but yeah, then we see that kind of scene where, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that uh, Zenya on a top kills that admiral, takes his place, flies off this helicopter, which becomes important later in the plot because it's a helicopter that can withstand the impact of an EMP. Um, oh, of course, you have to explain what an EMP, so an EMP is. Because it's 1995. <laughs> it's 1995. Well, the EMP, for those uh, that don't know, is an electromagnetic pulse, and basically it wipes out all electronic devices in the vicinity. But in this, it kind of takes it to another level because, like, not only does it like disable the electronics but it seems to like blow shit up as well so when like three fighter pilots yeah. are going to because Xenia and Ormov storm this satellite facility that um, Natalia and Boris played by Alan Cummings Boris. I don't know if we mentioned his name um, work at and Natalia is able oh no one of the survivors they, uh, Natalia, uh, Xenia is going around getting hot for murder killing a few people and one of them sets the alarm off three MIGs as they call it come and you know I don't really understand what their game plan was because where is the landing pad like, are they just going to fly over it? 
Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, anyway. I'd say it's well, like Russians. I'd say the idea was we're just going to blow it up because we don't want anyone finding ah. out about this. Oh, so that's maybe a, that's a waste. That's a very wasteful. Oh, yeah. That's very nineteen nineties. You know, not very sustainable. Yeah, I would exactly. say this, that's how we got into this shit show. <laughs> Two thousand twenty-one. Damn Russians blowing up their shit. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so that EMP goes off and it just blows shit up. And what I re- actually another thing I thought was kind of cool about this movie was a lot of use of miniatures. Uh, like yeah. you can tell it's miniatures, but I still think it looks fairly solid. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like, I mean, I, I, you kind of forgive the you know nineteen ninety five CGI, you know, with the satellites from space. Like yeah. the background isn't great and stuff. But the it, Earth is like a blue marble. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. There's no but there's that, no continents on this Earth. But again, like it's like if you're gonna spend five thousand dollars on one person for a five second scene, you're gonna yeah. lose a bit of money in your that's, CGI budget. That's yeah. And <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I. I don't really understand what they were doing, blow or like sending the EMP down on that base. Was it the idea that they didn't want another satellite? Yeah, so I think it's because they didn't want that. So what they do is they infiltrate this base and take the golden eye, which is two keys and a and a gold brick, uh, thingy, <laughs> a gold gem that basically. So this this man, okay, this podcast already too long. I'm, I, you're, you're, buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. You're in for a long one. <laughs> so basically, they go into this facility. The corporal or the general has to be like, hey, I'm here to run a test of the golden eye. Go over and get me the golden eye. So this other Russian guy or Soviet uh, Soviet guy goes over to a computer, which scans his hand, I think. I think either he puts in a key, then scans his hand. Then it gives him a key card, which he then swipes. And then that swiping the key card that opens up like a little mini vault that produces the two keys and the golden eye gem thing. And then the golden eye gem thing has to be put in a computer on the just opposite that. And then the two keys get put on either side. You turn the two keys at the same time, which activates the golden eye satellite, which basically sends like a laser from the golden eye gem thing. I don't know what better way to call it. Shoots it up into another screen across the room again, uh, which activates the satellite. So my understanding was they wanted to blow up that facility. So the Russian or the Soviets would think, A, this is an attack on us. And it's definitely not, uh, definitely not our guys. And B, did they destroy this, the, the golden eye with it? So therefore they won't use it again. So they, so they didn't see it coming the second time. Yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Um, yeah, that's a sound plan, I suppose. But I, again, I feel like the... Um, Alex Trevelyan's plan towards the end, we'll get to it, but it was a little bit kind of uh, small-minded, in my opinion. Yeah, oh, yeah, you could have done way more with that. Like, hold yeah. him for ransom, but anyway, yeah. he knows his thing. Actually, just speaking of the plot, because I was just thinking that plot no, makes no sense, but apparently several changes had to be made to the plot during the production because the plot was virtually identical to True Lies, which was being released at the same time, roughly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but then I was thinking, there was no sexy, secret lap-dancing scene in this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, Arnold Schwarzenegger wasn't in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, Buy me a pint. <laughs> <laughs> Buy me a pint. Die. Uh, put the cookie down. Put the cookie down and buy me a pint. <laughs> Alright, enough of that. It's not a tumor. <laughs> I think this is the one where we've lost the plot. It's a. By the way, just for just for context, this is this. I'm Turbo Man. I'm Turbo. <laughs> I'm a secret agent. <laughs> Give me the top of <laughs> It's uh, for just context. It's late on a Thursday evening. Uh, I think I have heat stroke. Anyway, yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty hot. And <laughs> um, so, what else happens in this? They steal the gold now. They blow up the facility, um, and James Bond has to try and track down who did this. But he knows there's a survivor uh, who ends up being our our, our Bond woman, uh, Natalia. Yeah. Um, 
So Bond then goes through Valentine and then find wants yeah. to try and find this guy called Yanis, who is like the head of this organization. Uh, but little do, uh, little does he know that Yanis finds him. Yeah. So this is a so obviously, um, where where do they have that fight in the spa? Where is that? So so uh, so uh, Bond tells Valentine, "Hey, I want to meet Yanis. Tell me to meet him here." Oh, so okay, Bond yeah. then proceeds to float in a pool unguarded. Yeah. For <laughs> who knows how long, Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, he's been, he's been there the for a while. Uh, so he's in a pool. And he's been there for a while. So then, uh, and Zenia why did why top. did why did uh, Zenya not kill him there? She couldn't get the thighs in. That <laughs> you know, she would have heard him splashing about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Zenya on the top appears and uh, attacks him with her steel thighs, mm. uh, but he managed to get the better of her using a gun like a normal person. <laughs> Um, yeah, this is another thing from a podcast we listen to is the fact that they would have, they would have had to get dressed as he held the gun to her. Yeah. So like he would have had to. In, they're, both in, got to they're both in tails. Yeah, being in the spa. Yeah, yeah, and then they would have had to have gotten dressed while holding her with or with the yeah. gun. Yeah. So yeah. this that, was, that car, could have been awkward. Drive to a yeah. She also has yeah. makeup on. So he was pointing a gun yeah. at her while she's putting lipstick on. Come on, get get a move on, love. I have a bit of a schedule here. The, the pub closes at two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so he appears, and I, I thought that um, graveyard, or what, it looked like a statue, like a load of statues. Yeah, it looked like a, a like wreckage. A great, yeah, yeah, yeah. A wreckage for all that stuff. The the Soviets, they love their, their statues, and then obviously there's a new dictator, and they have to build a new statue, so yeah. there's a lot of, there was a lot of unused statues. Um so he comes out. I thought that was very Tim Burton esque. Like, kind of was. Could have yeah. appeared on like a Batman set. Yeah. Um, so anyway, he goes through it, and it's all mysterious. It's all foggy. And who appears? Only Alex Trevelyan. Did you notice the score was shite in this movie? This scene in particular, the yeah. score was very bad. I didn't enjoy yeah. it at all. Uh, but this scene, it was just weird piano playing, and I was like, "This is not the music I need to be hearing for this big reveal." Yeah, like I feel like that should have been kind of like more ominous or yeah. more kind of. Um, there definitely should have been more to it. I'm telling you, no... you, you, throw take that money you were going to pay Mini Driver and give you uh, Bono and the Edge five grand to come up with a very, yeah. um, you know, uh, you know, a, a, a score that maybe is something like, "Hey James Bond, he's looking for Yanis. Maybe he still hasn't found what he's looking for." <laughs> <laughs> Did you have that joke written? No, down? I don't know. <laughs> oh, let's just say, let's just say, like, look, he's gonna, he's gonna fucking, he's gonna blow up this satellite with or without you, uh, Natalia. So you better get on board. <laughs> Look, he's gonna be stuck. At, he's gonna be stuck in a moment that he can't get out of. Then you're on the top. Bring me to Yanis. Get your boots on. Get on your boots. He's gonna get up on that satellite and he's gonna have vertigo. I don't want to have a big shootout here. I don't. Wanna, I don't want to be looking at a bloody Sunday. A Sunday, bloody Sunday, you might say. <laughs> yeah, because it's James Bond Sunday, bloody Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> the Joshua Tree. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the score is bad. Alec, yeah. Alec Trevelyan <laughs> is back. Um, yeah, very rare for Sean Bean's character to come back from the dead. Exactly. Yeah. And before we go on, uh, another uh, <laughs> another YouTube J- song. No, <laughs> no, no, we're done with that. No, sorry. Another James Bond villain trait. He he shoots him with a dart. So me. Oh it means God! He, yeah. He could just kill him. Just kill him. Just kill him. He's dead. My understanding. So, I gave this movie a pass because if they find his body in yeah. the wreckage of the plane, you could yeah. say, "Oh, 
the British agents stole the plane, not the Soviets who we're posing as. So, like, blame the British for this. So, I understand why they wouldn't kill him. Why they put the eject button to the helicopter they've strapped him to right beside his head? Unknown. <laughs> but see, they could have killed him and left him in the helicopter. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm trying to, I'm, 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 yeah. you know, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of something. But, uh, but also, yeah. no, this is, and this is also kind of why I liked the 006, 007 thing was like, I enjoyed I, I know he, there was an easy way to get out of it. I wish there was something harder about it uh, for, for Bond to get out of the helicopter. But I like the idea of Alec putting Bond in situations that he... Alec is like, Bond can't get out of this. There's no way Bond can get out of this. But he knows it's more painful to put Bond in a situation that he thinks he can get out of, but can't yeah. get out of. So I like it as a big F you to Bond being like, I'm going to put you here. You're going to wake up. You're going to think you can get out, but there's nothing you can do, which is even, yeah. which is, which is the, which is the revenge he wants on Bond rather than just shooting him yeah. in the head. So I, that's, but this is what I go back to earlier, where it's like, that's so much more of a rewarding and an understanding why, why the villain would go through the elaborate scheme. But like, I don't know why Baron Samady from Live and Let Die doesn't just chop up Roger Moore. It's how who's to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We could go cheer them all if we wanted to and just see where the, where we, the villain could just kill Bond yeah. at any moment. Um, so we're back after 40 <laughs> minutes of me going through every single Bond <laughs> We also thought of some good it's YouTube now quarter uh, YouTube past songs two on the way. Morning. Uh, we both have work in, in within the next five hours, but you know, <laughs> we're going to stick with it. Okay, I hope you do too. <laughs> um, okay, so I'd like to move on to my favorite part in this movie. I know, I know the ending is good, but I think the the bit in I, I'm going to assume is Moscow. We'll say yeah, we'll say uh, Russia. Uh, yeah, I think yeah, this is the best Russia. part of the movie. This is probably one of the best parts in like probably all time. James Bond. It's it's my I just enjoy it. He's just causing havoc. <laughs> He's just... Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it's great. No, it is, it is a fantastic thing. I just need to think. But um, yeah, I think it's So it's he gets taken by the Russians. The Russians come and find them ejected from the helicopter. That's how they get out. And uh, they end up in prison uh, and in interrogation with the defense minister. And actually, <laughs> James Bond has this really cool line. I'm going to say it here. Um, so the defense minister is like... Uh, Oh yeah, how would you like to how would you like to die, James Bond? And he he, in response, James Bond goes shaking that stuff. His line is, uh, "What? No small talk, no chit chat. Trouble trouble with the world these days. No one takes the time to do a real sinister interrogation anymore." <laughs> and that's and that's to me when Brosnan Bond is most Brosnan Bond because he's yeah. obviously trying to be very similar to the Moore and the Connery and the Lazenby and yeah. the Dalton. Whereas this to me was the most. Brosnan-esque and we see it yeah. in the later ones but I think this is the one where I really enjoy it it's that, well, it's, that, it's, that qu- it's that witty line with a cheeky Irish grin you know yeah. he's he's buying for time but he's also just being cheeky about it he's just you know I, I'm just gonna I'm gonna make you work for this yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway they, they they're they in interrogation uh, Urimov comes in Natalia decides or knows he's the one that shot everyone in that base so he's like the double agent uh, he ends up killing the defense minister and the guards, so it looks like Bond did it. So then Bond has to get out of there with Natalia. They they're running through this uh, facility, uh, this Russian kind of uh, fucking barracks, whatever it is. Um, Natalia and Bond get split up. He uses his belt to swing across the room. I thought that was very Indiana Jones esque. Yeah, I like it's definitely something you see in Indiana Jones. Movie. Goes through the window. And then he sees that Natalia is being taken by Urimov in a car. So he decides 
He's going to take a tank. <laughs> so this is what I love. And this just to go back to what I said earlier, if we leave it in the edit, because this is only five hours long, uh, which is that this is where the, this is where the score is teased out. And it's like, and it does it. And it just kind of, and then it'll, it'll be like another 30 seconds for another, like a clip of that theme is played. And then it, it obviously climaxes to the bit. We'll obviously get to momentarily, I imagine, but it just keeps building and building. And then the, the score was the most amazing part of it. But, this is just carnage. This scene, mm. like I don't know how, how do they film this? You know, so um, so they didn't do it because it was the first movie made after the downfall of the Soviet Union and the end of the Cold War. Thus, the first Bond movie to shoot in the traditional spy. Uh, it was the first movie to act. It was the first Bond movie to shoot in the Cold War country of Russia, Saint Petersburg specifically. However, ups and downs race course in Surrey doubled as Petersburg Airport while much of the tank chase was shot in London and the new uh, Levenston Studios. Uh, this was to reduce expenses and to cut down on security, security concerns as the entire unit would have needed bodyguards. Fair enough. So um, a lot of it on sets. It was to answer your what question. I, what I will say is it looks very, very practical. Like it's, it all looks incredible. And because one thing that came to mind was, uh, I don't know if we've all seen the movie Fast and Furious 6. There's also a tank, a tank chase it. scene. There's there's a tank chase scene, but it looks very fake. Like yeah, this is like it, fucking. You feel everything in this. You see yeah, cars yeah. just get crumpled, and like you yeah. just go, "Oh, he's dead!" Like, and it's, it's like oh no, he's dead! Like, because it's a real car, and you saw a person in it, and you're like, "Oh no, he's dead now." <laughs> like, did you say this is the the highest kill count? Yeah, forty seven kills. I doubt yeah, it includes the tank scene, though. If I'm honest. Like, I mean, that's at least kind of 15 people that are just yeah, crumpled it's, it's, in the It's cars. fantastic. It's all practical. There's no CGI. Yeah. He's just barreling through this town. Yeah. He's barreling through buildings, through and, fucking uh, yeah, and statues. Yeah, he's, 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 like, he, he's chasing the car with Natalia and he goes down a small yeah. alleyway. And what does James Bond do? And a nice right turn here, smash through buildings. <laughs> it's just, it, and it's so funny. It's great because the James Bond we've seen up to this point uh, in a lot of the other movies, you know, he's se- not secret, but like usually he's kind of like, Cha- like he's, you know he's careful in a way and there's obviously yeah. movies where he's hijacking planes and uh, doing other sort of things but this is just like the most like I just wish I saw M having to sit down with yeah. Bond being like so St. Petersburg walk me through that <laughs> yeah. um, so they had the girl and uh, was there a car well yeah there was cars but there was, there was a tank <laughs> but I needed the upper hand <laughs> I would um, love if now, that's James Bond's excuse for everything. It's like, why did you, why did you do this? I needed the upper hand. <laughs> did you need to throw the man into the printing press? I needed the upper. hand. And why did you have sex with that girl? Oh, the, I needed the upper hand. The upper hand. <laughs> um, they never would have saw it coming. <laughs> I present. I like. We all think the best scene in this is where he gets he gets rear-ended by two cars. And uh, you know he just looks behind him, and he just fixes his tie. Oh I just think God. that is just and so like good. we've seen we've seen that in other Bond movies, like where um, I know in in Skyfall he jumps from one train to the next, and he just fixes. But but like I I just think it's nah, so good He's because just... you know what the difference is. In my opinion, that's Daniel Craig knowing he looks cool. Yeah. Whereas Pierce Bros is just like better fix. The t- I just, it just comes yeah. across so much as more like just gotta fix the tie, you know. It's yeah. Like, but also there's before, a sense of like before I move on, like I just but the sense of Bros being like yeah, I just did that. Uh, yeah. No one can see my actions for any of this. Uh, me and David yeah. are both in tuxedos. I don't know if we mentioned that. Uh, whereas Daniel Craig's just like, yeah, I'm cool. I don't know. It's different. And that's the thing where I think Brosnan kind of oozes kind of cool, calm, charismatic. Class. Whereas Class. Daniel Craig is just wonder- wondering whether he's going to be boiled mash or stuck in a stew because he is a potato. 
<laughs> and Lord of the Rings, yeah, and Lord the of the Rings quote. Ah, oh. this is oh, the I most off the rails. <laughs> I, did not, I did not see that coming. Yeah, I know. Anyway, much like much like the population of St. Petersburg and Pierce Brosnan in attack. That poor man in his car. He had children. <laughs> um. So look, I, I, I feel like I, I wanted to mention this before we moved on because we're we're both big fans of the uh, series Snowpiercer. Oh, so I ne- yes! <laughs> I never thought I'd also yes. see a villain oh. played by Sean Bean played on, a on a train. Yeah, David, this is a podcast made for listeners of two, me and you. I have down here, so all in my notes after after I see Sean Bean on a train eating something fancily, I have him down as Mr. Wilford for the rest of the <laughs> So just for an ounce of context for the listeners, Sean Bean plays uh, a character in Snowpiercer, which is all about a big lo- a big train moving along. And then we see Sean Bean on a train. So uh, if, we, if we haven't watched the movie Snowpiercer by Bong Joon-ho, oh, go watch the movie fantastic. Snowpiercer great by movie. Bong Joon-ho. Really if you good. haven't seen the series Snowpiercer, go watch, it. go it's watch the series Snowpiercer. It's got, it's got Sean Bean in it as Mr. Wilford. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Sean Bean is Mr. Wilford in this. I have that, yeah. Anyway, um... But yeah, so then that's that. That train is kind of like, as you know, the, like you mentioned that scene earlier. They Natalia is held hostage. Then James Bond gets the upper hand and he's able <laughs> using, to using his tank. Using his tank. Uh, oh, the tank! Like, uh, what's there to say about the tank other than just go watch the fucking tank scene? Like, it's it's probably yeah. on YouTube somewhere. Just watch that and just yeah. watch it in all of its awe and glory. It's fantastic. So good. Um, and then kind of from this they realize Natalia and Bond work together to find the location of the next um, satellite which is in Cuba, um, Cuba. fun fact uh, not fun fact but like, the, 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 the satellite is actually real and it fell down a couple of years ago I don't know if you saw something about that I don't have it written down but did you see something about that it used to be I a real satellite see. and it got decommissioned yeah. and collapsed yeah. and stuff um, but yeah that, that whole Cuba actually sorry hold on very quickly we didn't mention the car David the Bond car David see it's not free it's not really used is it and there's a reason why. Yeah. So, this is the first time uh, a German sports car, in this case the BMW Z3, was used as the primary primary James Bond vehicle. Um, so, get this. They paid $3 million to use the BMW Z3. But they recouped... Sorry, BMW paid $3 million to get the car into the movie. They made... $240 million in pre-sale, in van sales for the car because it showed up in the movie. And apparently this is where it began just like ridiculous sponsorship, like uh, movie so, product placements. Sorry, did you say 30 million to 240? 3 million to 240 million. 800% increase. Yes. That's some wow. quick maths. Um, so yeah, so apparently then this is how like Bond movies just got like, really, we see Pierre yeah. in this as well. Like, like this was the most lucrative money Actually, I will mention that I didn't know Pierre could could be in uh, Soviet Russia back it, in the it day. It can if it's been shot in Surrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I thought that was a bit strange. Uh, but yeah, the Hollywood Reporter actually. Oh, sorry. Uh, it's considered by the Hollywood Reporter and the book Product Placements uh, as the most successful product placement of, in movie history. Uh, but also, the reason why it's not seen much in the movie is because uh, BMW had to lend them. Uh, or like a prototype for the car uh, and so because it was so late in production the car was a prototype yeah so it was a prototype meaning that it couldn't be damaged in any way for the action scene so that's why we don't actually see him drive it or anything that's fair yeah uh, and, and the last we see of it is in Cuba when uh, Jack Wade uh, rides off into the sunset and he and, and Jack Wade's like buttons, Jack. he goes, he goes uh, don't go bombing around in it 
I must I must actually mention some of the quips. We'll mention some of the quips at the end. It's, it's, some of them are outrageous. Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. So uh, we'll, we'll come at the end. So last scene, they find the they find the satellite and they infiltrate. Yeah, this villain base very very cool. Cool uh, like I, it, it reminded me of a Moonraker. It reminded me of You Only Live Twice. Those type of kind of classic Bond built into um, a, a built into a yeah it's something ridiculous built into a volcano ridiculous something yeah. like that. So I, I think that was pretty cool. Um, the satellite dish I thought it was cool the way the water kind of flowed out of it and it was kind of secret. And stuff I like didn't that. look this up actually, but did you look? Did you think it looked reversed? Yeah, that, I think yeah. that was it. I think they filled it. Yeah, and but like there's that. no yeah. way. There's no way that was like re- that must have been a miniature, surely? Because no, no way absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was obviously just the way the water flows out. It didn't look real. If it, if it's a miniature, because it would just if like if you imagine it was just a sink, it would just like flow kind of round. Yeah. So that kind of obviously just gave it more kind of action or something like that. Um, no, very cool. And then obviously like the inf- infiltration, as Bond usually does, he gets captured. Yeah. <laughs> As, He's as lost usual. the upper hand. Yeah. <laughs> you think it's all over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then your one, as we said earlier, your one Natalia is the one that actually kind of saves the day. She she manages to uh, reroute the the rockets on the satellite so yeah. that it, it flies into the atmosphere and blows up. Um, but then they still need to blow up the satellite itself as well for some reason. Uh, no, so she she directs oh, the coordinates so that it would go sorry, towards Earth yeah. and like blow up with going entering. They were into the they atmosphere. were trying to redirect the satellite so that it would infiltrate just or would uh, yeah. intercept it just before. Yeah, and, and Sean Bean's plan was that he wanted to put an EMP into London, but take a load of money electronically. Like yeah, like you know what I mean. It's 1994. They were like, I don't know, take money electronically. You're like, what are you even speaking about? Just use your Wild. AID app, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, this but, this uh, podcast is not sponsored by AID. <laughs> But he, uh, yeah, and uh, so he takes a lot of money out and then he does an EMP which deletes all the records and then it doesn't look like he has the money then. Um, but that's the big plan. But obviously Natalia then changes the coordinates so that they can't do an EMP on London. Um, and then that kind of, so what happens is then Boris finds a way to be able to, you know, um, realign the, the, the satellite to kind of, I don't really know, to, to like move the, the missile to a different direction. Uh, but Bond goes up to the satellite to be able to like jam it so he can't move it. Uh, fun fact, Pierce Brosnan's afraid of heights, so they couldn't shoot anything of him with... Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, his only weakness is this kryptonite, height. <laughs> height, wow, Jesus. Actually, sorry, just to go back one step, uh, there's a bit of a standoff, and one thing that Q gave James Bond was a exploding pen. And, oh, <laughs> yes. And um, one one thing, we must we must just give a moment silence to all the um, uh, MI6 techs who died <laughs> because of because of the the pen exploding in their face um no sorry so um but what happens is um they take james bond they capture him they take all this stuff and somehow boris ends up with his pen so so what happens is alec takes all the stuff off and puts it beside him and then there's like a scuttle where boris is pushed into the table by natalia and then he picks up his glasses and there's a pen beside him that he and we've seen throughout the movie that he loves clicking pens he's he's very fidgety um and the way the pen works as we as if you've seen the movie is you click it three times to arm it you click it three times to disarm it so there's there's a bit where james bond is trying to see at what point does he have it armed uh so he just he keeps clicking it he keeps clicking it twice and then clicking it twice again so it'll be like armed and then disarmed armed and then disarmed whatever um and like i don't know if you tried to like count the clicks and try to like, literally keep looking it up now because i yeah. tried to do it during it and i just couldn't fucking 
Uh, yeah. I, I couldn't count it, but I assume it's right. And if not, yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah, but I just thought it, that was a really tense scene. I thought because like you, because obviously the audience knows, Bond knows, no one else in the room knows. <laughs> uh, but he's just waiting for that right moment where he kind of smacks it out of his hand, and then it just blows up, and all the shit starts to. Yeah, he's already he's already set off some detonators in uh, within the facility, and that's what I, that's another cool thing where uh, Alec sees his watch yeah. like, and all the guards take everything off Bond except for his watch and then Alec is like oh give me the watch because he knows the watch is part of the MI6 sort of standard kit so and, and he can see it's like flashing he's like oh you've armed bombs let's disarm that so it's like that cool thing of like Alec knows all the the, the kind of the procedures of like infiltration I suppose um, yeah. but I guess winding forward ahead slightly there's that standoff at the top of the satellite and yeah. that is fucking brutal yeah, they're, in, they're going in, hard in, in a sense other. of ferocity rather than uh, being bad, trash, no good. Uh, <laughs> the yeah. band that sang the "World Is Not Enough" theme su- uh, song from nineteen ninety nine is "The World Is Not Enough." Garbage. Well, like the thing is, they are running around the place and they're throwing themselves. Like, there's a bit where uh, Alec is shooting at Bond and he literally throws himself down the stairs to kind yeah. of get out, get oh. out of the way. And like, I'm like, man, how do you get up from that? Like, that is crazy. And like, they're and then obviously like the hand to hand stuff. Like, they're literally just throwing themselves. He needs to get it. lower down so he can have the upper hand. <laughs> exactly. No, then he doesn't have the high ground. Oh no! Oh my God! That adds up a whole new layer. So hold on. How does that? How's that fair into things? So if we look at if you look at then Obi-Wan has the high ground but Obi-Wan was trained by Liam Neeson and if you watch the movie Seraph and Falls which there may be a podcast episode about we don't know who wins overall we have lost our shit yeah it's very late um, but no it is a brutal fight and I'll, I almost would have liked to have seen more of that it's just them going hand to, like hand to hand combat and just like beating the shit out of each other um, and like but obviously I think the fact it's probably 12A is it Probably uh, P- uh, oh, I feel PG like it was 13. actually later. Uh, sorry, not later. I feel like it was actually higher. I'm not too sure. But what yeah. um, uh, one thing I will say about this is scale was really poor for this scene because you never really got a good sense of how high they were up. Yeah, you only got these yeah. really bad like s- s- blue screenshots. And obviously, they're limited by the technology. But I think this is like obviously this is one of the first James Bond movies that actually incorporates CGI. The first of which being the gun barrel sequence. That's the first time they used the CGI uh, um, blood and gun barrel and such. Yeah. But uh, I think that would have been a cool scene if this was like 2021 or whatever movie was coming out now. We would have got a bigger scope of how high they were up and how big the fucking satellite dish was and shit. Like, yeah. I think that would have been cool, but that was something we were kind of robbed of slightly with this. But yeah, I would have liked yeah. to see it go on longer. And I think what would have been cool, uh, a bit like going back to what I mentioned about Captain America and Bucky, where they both know each other's styles. I think yeah. if, if we got a better sense of that, but, but obviously because they're secret agents and they're normally shooting their guns and stuff like that, it's harder to portray that. But I think that's exactly, something I would have yeah. liked to see a bit more. I suppose, look, it, like, the way it ends, like, they end up on the ladder, and I feel like it, it almost reminded me a bit of, like, Star Wars in, like, Empire Strikes Back, and I know that's that's a ridiculous kind of idea, but uh, it just in the terms of, like, they know each other, or, like, they're related to each other, yeah, and they're just, like, Bond kind of gets to the stage where he's like, maybe I do just jump off, like, that's, I, I've kind of done my job, you know, he's, he doesn't really know he kind of find he kind of gets to the stage where he's like look I'm, I'm I've been beaten here like he's at the end of the ladder and he just the only reason he gets the upper hand is because that helicopter comes in and your yeah. one is in it your one happens to be in it but like that's I just thought that was interesting like it's but again I, I, that goes back to like just what you were saying earlier about how like Bond is so dependent on Natalia for this yeah. for this um, mission that like if she's not here at all for so much of it she he'd be yeah. dead um, exactly, which is why yeah. it's a shame that like you know it's mad it's fucking crazy that they went from this 
and then when they tried to spin off the James Bond series with Halle Berry and Die Another Day they just fucked it like and they just yeah. did like they had a yeah. perfect character like I'm not saying go obviously spin off with Natalia and see what her life is like when she marries the hockey player but I mean, yeah. like, like that's such a great female character besides the forced romance that like you know if that could have been incorporated into Dine of the Day, which I have to do for this month as well, so I'll let you know how I feel about that later. Um, you know, it, maybe the Halle Berry thing would have worked and maybe less invisible cars and giant space layers, but oh, sure, listen. <laughs> and I feel like, I, I felt it was a bit strange how she managed to take over that helicopter. Like, I feel like... Did she have a gun? That, she points out a Yeah, I know, I, I know the... Like, but I feel like the pilot could have probably done more. Like, I don't know. But like, there's a gun point out your head, you know what I mean? You're just like... Does like, she know how to fly that helicopter? Yeah, but he's not going to risk his own life. He could have wife and kids. Mm. You know, they could have been kids <laughs> that Bond didn't trample in Petersburg. <laughs> oh, can you imagine? Uh, his poor wife. Yeah, he was like, I'm Petersburg. <laughs> uh, he doesn't know. He doesn't the know, ba- Baron Zemo in this situation. <laughs> um, but no, I feel like the, the one thing I did want to mention is like, there is a bit where Bond is kind of uh, caught between a, a rock and a hard place. He's at the end of the ladder and Alex kind of has the upper hand. And I feel like if the movie had of leaned harder into the fact that Bond is so cold and he he feels so betrayed by Alec and he, he's kind of unsure of himself in terms of like, do people at MI6, um, re- what do people at MI6 really think of me and, you know, um, do they really look after me and look what happened to Alec, like, you know, I know, you know, I know I was partly part of his death and he managed to survive well, that shit, but, you know, it could have been interesting if there was a point in that movie where Bond was like, maybe I just, you know, I've done my mission, maybe yeah. I just drop or whatever. Yeah. I, I, like, Absolutely. but again, yeah, again, it's just, it's just commentary more than anything. And that's kind of the one thing, I suppose, the Daniel Craig Bond does very well in that sense where sometimes yeah. he just gives up and he's just like what's the fucking yeah. point um, but it would have been yeah and I think that, that that whole sense of portrayal and like I don't think enough has been thought like we don't get a better like I know it's mentioned a good bit in the movie but it's like um, like when Bond has to so obviously you know Bond gets the upper hand uh, when yeah. you know he's holding on to Sean Bean as he's like literally hanging off the thing he's holding on to him and then he goes, he goes for England, James, which is what uh, Sean Bean's character says that. That's usually what they'd say but when they go into a mission together. Yeah. And he goes, no, Alec, for me. And then drops him. And I think that's a scene that, had, like, obviously there's an emotional weight to that. And I kind of, like, you feel it during it. But uh, I think that would have been something that was so much stronger. If, let's say you'd seen a movie beforehand of them two and best buds and doing missions yeah. together and having a few beers. And he's like, hey, Alec, buy me a pint. And he goes, oh, that's funny. <laughs> you should say that during one of our missions. And <laughs> <laughs> later on um, but like uh, like the, the scene in the graveyard say or the statue graveyard like if they had to just extend that slightly and like more of of Brosnan or more of James Bond being like you why, know, are you why, doing this? Why, yeah. why are you doing this like we were friends we went on so many missions together and more kind of emotion yeah where, whereas the character is seems so emotionless yeah but I suppose there's a reason for that as well yeah like and I think that's yeah I think that the, the that's not what the Bond movies are known for at this point I guess yeah exactly um, so it was a bit like look I, I suppose maybe that's something we see like we see it too much now in the new ones where he's yeah, crying yeah. about everyone um, yeah. but as you said like it, it would have made a huge it would have been so much more weight on the, the fact that you dropped him or like yeah. that, that well, line for me I'll tell you what the weight fucking did drop on him <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you what he had the upper hand <laughs> Uh, but what what the uh, yeah so how it ends it so Bond drops him obviously he falls 
a long way. A long way. A long, a wee long way. Uh, down. He, he's the fact that he survived is incredible. Oh, like he fucking crunches his leg at one point, and he's just like, oh, he's dead, and he he can't get up. I like that they show his leg breaking. That's like, no, he can't yeah. walk. He shouldn't be alive. Uh, only the fact yeah. that they keep him alive that the satellite dish falls on him and like yeah. kills him. Iconic, again. iconic scene. Isn't Great it? scene, like, it's, but it's, like, it's, did, it's like he, the character's been through enough. He's been killed like three times. Yeah, yeah exactly. Ah, Sean Bean, like Sean Bean. I love it. You, you get three Sean Bean pay, deaths in this movie. Yeah, you gotta pay for your debts. <laughs> Quick side note: uh, note to Hollywood idea: Sean Bean Groundhog Day, but he's killing himself. All, like he's dying all of the time. End of reminder. Um, but yeah, and then like, and then there's that scene there where he, James Bond gets in the helicopter and Italian him drop down. This is where I don't. This is where I agree with your point. That the pilot just flies away and he's just like. Yeah. But I like the idea. He's like, "Fuck, I'm getting out of here." Like I don't yeah. want to see where this goes. And then Jack Wade shows up and he's just like, hey, Jimbo. And he's just Jimbo. like, uh, and then the CIA have been there the whole time. And it's just like, yeah, use could have been helpful. Of course, the Americans are in Cuba. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, the one thing I will mention is I think this is the only Brosnan Bond movie where it doesn't end with him on top of a woman. Um, I, I don't wrong. remember Tomorrow Never Dies. I know he does in The World Is Not Enough and Die Another Day. Couldn't tell you for tomorrow never dies, potentially. Uh, but I, I don't know. But yeah, like I guess I like the, I I would have been annoyed because I was just like the, the the romance was too much to begin with. So I'm glad they didn't yeah. end on that. Uh, yeah. And I kind of hinted back to Doctor No where that ends with the CIA kind of showing up a bit too late and Bond going off with the Bond girl, which is kind of another thing to to Doctor No. Um, but yeah, overall, like I think the action's great. I think the acting is ph- phenomenal. Uh, the special effects, the miniatures, that's all fantastic. Um, some of the scripting obviously has its issues from just being quite dated with its witty one-liners yeah. and just Bond being a bit of a creep. Um, but overall, I, th- I I said at the beginning, maybe it's not the best James Bond movie, but I think it's definitely up there. I think it's the best Pierce Brosnan one. I don't know. Yeah. I'll watch the other ones and I'll see how I feel. Um, my first one was The World's Not Enough, so maybe I just have complete bias towards that, unsure. Yeah, no, like, I just think it's it's very enjoyable. Like, it's, it's. Um, I think if you think about it too much, you're going to be, you're going to, your head is going to hurt. But like, You'll be like, why is Mini Driver in this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but again, I think that's the same with a lot of James Bond movies, especially the older ones. It's just, there, there is a lot of flaws in them. Mm. Um, but but, I, I, but you, you have to just enjoy them for what they are. And I think this one had the least, I had the most tropes without seeming like tropes. That you had your henchman, you had your main bad guy who had a, like a facial deformity and, you know, was leading James Bond to his own devices, mm. like in situations so he could escape from. You had the Russians, you had the henchman, you had the gadgets, you had the bonger, you had the car that really wasn't used that much anyway. You had the opening scene that was action. Like you had all these like elements of James Bond which is why I think the later James Bond ones they're good movies they don't really feel like James Bond movies to me yeah. Uh, yeah. but they are good movies so that's why I think this is like the this is a good a good James Bond movie uh, not to say it's based like, like I know I was joking about the books and shit like that like the the, the, the character is not really like that in the books that much but I think that's because of when we kind of see that screen adaptation of it that's what I can kind of consider the visual medium form anyway of James Bond to be like and I think this movie does a very good job of it yeah absolutely I agree with that yeah, so look, I, I don't really have any other points there. I suppose the only thing I will say is just, uh, like, I kind of mentioned at the start, it's it's strange how the other two, Rosen, like, I know Die Another Day, you'll get to that, but uh, I think the other two, like, I don't see huge differences between the this and the other two and why they're kind of rated differently or kind of regarded differently, so I'll have to give them another look, Tomorrow Never Dies and the World's Not Enough, just to see. 
again yeah. possibly maybe it's just my own kind of bias that you know they used to always be on RTE and you used to always yeah. kind of watch them on a Saturday afternoon or evening or whatever you used to always enjoy them so um, but no this is this is probably from, the from memory tier. I think those ones aren't as kind of actiony and gritty they're kind of more they lead into the cheeky bond kind of yeah. side of things perhaps um, I suppose maybe but yeah. no I, I, I really enjoy as much as I joke about the whole Pierce Brosnan thing I do think he is uh, yeah Blasphemous is, I think he's the best James Bond um, I think he's the best blend of everything like he, he can do the action <clears throat> He has a suave kind of like the look and everything, and that hair. Oh my, oh my yeah, god! We didn't even mention. Didn't even, that I hair. didn't even mention my whole bit about his costume. That boat yeah. jacket. My god! That double oh, blazer. Man. Oh my can god! You ima- can you imagine Daniel Craig walking around in that three? I can imagine suit. him walking around in a morph suit that passes as a suit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking. Um, so, but no, like he, he pulls it off as the character. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of pulling it off, Dave, you've only pulled off another fantastic podcast episode. Well, right, let's let's just let's just hope everyone's still with us. Like, ah, if, be if you're still if you're still around now, I mean, I commend you because there's only so much you can listen to this show. <laughs> God knows, many people have tried in the past. Yeah, uh, but no, seriously, th- thanks again. Oh, we finally no, did it. Better. We did a James. We did a Jimmy Bond and Pierce Brosnan movie. Jim- I'm delighted. Jimbo. Jimbo, what a way to ki- what a way to kick off Brosnan O'Brien's birthday bros bonanza. <laughs> absolutely and what, wait what was the other thing you were going to call it you're saying your friends oh just that like you know it's going to be well we don't i don't know how many episodes they're going to be because the weather's getting quite nice and restrictions have lifted so who many who knows how many podcasts all i say but let's just just gonna say there's going to be brosnan movies there's going to be brilliant episodes on them with very begrudging guests <laughs> <laughs> and david scanlon thank you very much for being the first begrudging guest Oh, for my self-indulgent oh. month that is the Bronson oh. Bros Bronson O'Brien birthday oh. Bros Bonanza happy birthday Gary oh, happy birthday Piers <laughs> oh, should we start a I don't know should we start a viral media campaign to get uh, to Piers <laughs> Brosnan to, uh, to can to you be on our podcast please yeah. we love you if you're the best can, bond if everyone can at Piers Brosnan and do you see he's selling his house for 100 million he can't, yeah. get it, he can't sell it this can't stay in Davis <laughs> He can't sell his house for a hundred million dollars. I say, I say, we take out a loan. I say, I say, I say, I say, I say we get the Patreon up and going. We buy his house off him, and he's like, "Oh, cheers, guys! Thanks so much for buying this." I'm like, "Oh, you're welcome around any time, Pierce. You're more than welcome." He'll have to sign the deeds, Gary. He'll have to I'll sign get the deeds. <laughs> okay, right, David. Again, this has thank been you, thank far, you too much. Long. But, far too long. Far too long. Right, uh, but like, look. Uh, so again. Thank you to anyone who's been listening. Again, listen to all of this. Um, if you want to know when new ones are coming out, you can follow at Reeling in the Piers on Instagram. You can follow on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, tell a friend, tell Pierce Brosnan, but most importantly, buy me a pint. Thanks again. Take it easy. We hope you enjoy. Buy me a pint. Goodbye. <laughs>